Hindsight is a funny thing. You can piece together a series of moments from your past and realise how you came to be in a certain place, doing a certain job. But whilst on the journey, you have no clue how it will all end up. I look back now at my memory of me as a little boy standing outside Boots, and I wonder if it was all meant to be. But I can't believe that. Partly because I'm still on the journey, I'm still waiting to find out what happens next. What I know for sure is that there was a great deal of chance involved to get me to this point, or in my case, a series of very fortunate events. I never started out thinking I would make a career in wildlife filmmaking, but I did like cameras, and my first stroke of luck was that I had a loving and helpful family. Not just my Auntie Mary lending me the box brownie, but my grandfather leaving me money in his will, with which I bought my own camera, and my stepfather as soon as I'd set it up, encouraging me to use it by taking me to the airport. He was in the RAF. It was already dark, and I'll never forget him calling the control tower at Bryce Norton to see if the runway lights were on. They weren't, but the guys in the control room switched them on. An extraordinary and memorable gesture for me, age 13. Then at school, eager for extra cash, I earned pocket money by photographing my mates showing off their sporting prowess spending my evenings processing and printing in a makeshift darkroom. This also led to me starting up the school photography club. It was also at school that I watched the natural history television series called Life on Earth. I remember so clearly the presenter, a certain David Attenborough, leading us through the story. An amazing evolutionary journey from primitive cells to plants to animals. He opened my eyes and mind to a magical world. He brought the natural world into our sitting rooms. But my greatest fortunate event was the night before I left school forever. I had enough money to get me and my belongings home to my parents in Carterton, Oxfordshire, but I made the epic decision to spend it all on beer. This meant that to get home, I had to hitchhike. The man who kindly stopped and gave me a lift was driving a 1962 Bentley. When I told him that I hoped to get a holiday job at Oxford Scientific Films, he said it wasn't far off route. He drove me there and waited whilst I went in. I got an interview there and then. If proof was ever needed that good things come from drinking beer, or that strangers can be inordinately kind, the first, but not my last, experience of both these things. Also that you can help make your own luck. I could have gone straight home to nurse my hangover. I've now been a cameraman for over 30 years. I've worked on some of the most prestigious natural history documentaries of the day, and have co-won BAFTAs and Emmys. I've worked on every continent, scaled mountain peaks, and journeyed to the depths of the oceans. I have filmed both the rarest of creatures and some of humans' greatest achievements. All in all, I have witnessed more of nature's wonders than anyone has the right to do. It is the wild places that grab me. I have more connection there than in our towns and cities. Away from the man-made, I feel most at peace. It's where, when I stop and reflect, I can't quite believe my luck. With the highs, though, come the lows. I have an ever-forgiving wife who raised our two sons single-handedly for much of the time, and who has understood when I've missed birthdays and family events because I'm on the other side of the world. My boys suffered me missing school plays and awards days, and just generally not being around when I should have been. Spending an average of over 220 days per year away from home in wildernesses around the world, has given me more than enough memories to fill a lifetime. But it has starved me of others. 
it also hasn't all been plain sailing. There is a less glamorous side to making TV shows. You don't want to know how many dodgy places I've stayed in or how many upset stomachs come with shooting in the wild, but I'll tell you anyway. When I went freelance back in 1989, it was the biggest and scariest risk I've taken. Threats from the bailiffs is far more frightening than a pride of lions hunting you, and I know which one made my hair fall out. But you take the rough with the smooth, and I've never once regretted doing what I do. Well, maybe once, when I was arrested by two military guards in Iran for photographing a do-not-photograph sign. What an idiot. This book is a meander through those highs and lows, with some plane crashes, wars, coups, near-death experiences, and a kidnap attempt thrown into boot. It's also a letter of two halves. In writing this book, I've remembered how many talented people I've met and friends I've made over the past few decades. Also people who, in so many countries, whether I could speak their language or not, I can only really claim to speak English and schoolboy French, have gone out of their way to help me. Penniless in Tanzania, an American pilot called Mike bailed me out, paying for my food and hotel. Out with a dinker in Sudan, a child saved my life when a venomous snake was about to bite me. When filming tree houses in West Papua, there were always hands from the Korowai tribe ready to catch me if I lost my grip. This book is a thank you letter to people the world over. My job has taught me that humans, individually, are mostly kind. And then, of course, it is a love letter, an ode to the natural world, the wild places, to nature's ingenious and intricate designs, to the beauty and colour, to the mighty and the small, to every facet of Mother Nature. This feels important to stress because, as a world, we're at a crossroads. If anything, we've actually gone too far, heading down a dead end, and need to back up and take a left. How we act in the next few years will determine the fate of life as we know it. I know that's deep and dark and depressing, but it's also a fact. One thing I have learned over the years from my colleague and friend Sir David Attenborough is that people who want to save something only do so because they have come to know, appreciate and respect what needs saving. I've always been interested in nature in the animal kingdom, but I never aim to be a naturalist or work with animals. It is only by observing things firsthand that I've come to love and recognise the beauty of nature. A spider spinning its web, a robin feeding its chicks, an Arabian oryx roaming the desert dunes, the spectacle of half a million seabirds heading out to sea. As a result of being a privileged witness to these and so many more wonders, I now fully appreciate the balance of all life on earth. Not everyone will have the opportunity to wander into those situations and experience what I've seen. I get that. So, whilst I hope my stories will entertain and give you an insight into my journey, I also hope they nurture whatever fervour you already have for the animal kingdom and for our planet. Bristol, February 2019